0: Naive. there's always something up their sleeve a twisted reason they commit this treason a friendship bound from now to the end of time
1: Get all right aftershocks tv matt and tom we're here with you for another episode and we'd like to welcome our guests on this week's show excuse me uh this gentleman's had you know, quite a super busy 2023 he's been on tour with bands like tesla buck Cherry, skid row mushroom head yngwie malmsteen And he's gearing up, of course, for another run here with Tesla and a slew of other headlining dates he's got coming up. We got Mr. Kurt Diamond joining us today on Aftershocks. Kurt, thanks so much for joining us. Merry Christmas, man. How you doing?
2: Good, good. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it very much. I'm doing good. I'm out here uh, wrapping up some stuff with some videos and some film, uh, a movie that we have coming out. and uh, Life is good, man.
1: Fantastic. Awesome, Kurt. Uh, yeah, Well, yeah, there's a lot we got to unpack you, of course, to the audience here, because like I said, you've got, you know, just to start things off, I mean, you've got really such an interesting story and path that you've now taken with music. Uh, It's pretty, you know, I mean, it's not your, your, you know, your conventional, you know, young kid, 20s, gets into the business and just, you know, does it forever. No, you've got a whole different path here. Um, And, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit here, but like I was mentioned, I mean, you've obviously played... You know, and toured with so many uh, legendary bands, as we mentioned, you even have a duet track with Jeff Tate of Queensryche. Yes. Um, and I'm sure the first thing I think that will probably couldn't a lot of, you know, of our audience, you know, the people in our audience here, to their minds is, you know, who's who's Kurt Dimer? You know, because like I guess you've <laughs> only been at this for a few years now. Um, and yet, yeah, you've you've already made really quite you know the the splash. You've got quite a resume already that only many can dream of, man. At this point, um, so let's just you know have you start off, Kurt. Uh, I guess just tell the listeners, tell us really just a, a little bit about your background on your road now to musical relevancy. I mean, I know before you started, you know, the band, you started playing music. You had a very successful career as an entrepreneur. So, why don't you go ahead and just kind of brief uh, the audience here on on your background? Just
2: like it. A little brief uh synopsis of how my life is if you will um, <laughs> yes yeah i mean I, I play i played music when i was young I, I i learned piano i played drums i did all that when i was young i had a band later on um in my early college days when i was pretty much just drinking and playing in a band and partying instead of going to college <laughs> and then around the age of 20 I formed a, a band with a lifetime friend of mine who played guitar. We played around Cincinnati. I was going to the University of Cincinnati at the time, okay. or at, at least attempting to. And uh, we had a band that played around locally about the time the Afghan wigs were coming out of Cincinnati. okay. And then at 20, I realized I was going nowhere fast. I would needed to you know, quit Partying I needed to graduate. I was I wanted a college degree. So I uh, buckled down. I uh, Met my kids mom. I have three beautiful boys that I raised uh, which I'll talk about in this timeline um, And I finished my college degree at Cincinnati and just quit music uh, got married at a young age and uh, got kind of my life in order um, very stressful time. I had a lot of severe anxiety. I didn't know how to, what it was at that point, and That was a long time ago. But I had to figure that out as I grew up and gr- uh, was growing up and maturing. So got married at 22. Um, went into the uh, oil business. My father and grandfather had been in the oil business for many years. So uh, I went and learned all I could about the oil business but realized that I didn't want to be a corporate kiss ass my whole life and be uh, limited as to what I could make. So eventually, uh, even after I had had my first two sons, I uh, left the business after I'd learned uh, all I could and took a chance and uh, put $40,000 that I had raised by buying and selling real estate and renting it out, just, you know, run down houses and stuff that I learned from the Carlton Sheets method. Uh, you know an infomercial that was on back then wow okay uh, (laughs) put that in the bank and uh, did what everybody said oh you're stupid you have two little kids you can't start an oil company so i did and now that runs itself starfire Um, you can check it out at starfire.com i blend my own oil i have a blend plant up in pennsylvania that feeds my other distribution company so that all runs itself and uh, i was knee deep in that 12 hours a day for 20 years and as my kids got older and uh, changes happened in my life um, i was going down to alabama we were starting to put starfire products in movies placements in movies it's a, a thing And I was going to do a cameo in this movie in 17 called Trading Paint that starred John Travolta and Shania Twain. So I was Mm -hmm. down there to do the cameo. And then the next thing you know, they're offering me a speaking line in the movie. And Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up getting cast in the movie that night, about an hour before the scene shot. Learned my lines, went in there. John Travolta is showing me what to do. We're talking about the scene. I'm doing the scene with Toby Sebastian from Game of Thrones they were all amazing i ended up making it in the movie i was a track announcer and that night a light went on i'm like i'm gonna go back to being the creative i was that i suppressed when i gave it up at you know 20 21 years old this was a sign that for sure and then the next thing you know i get cast in halloween the 2018 you know john carpenter you know real um sequel to the original Mm-hmm. And I'm getting killed by Michael Myers. And that was surreal. And while I'm sitting there talking to James Jude Courtney at the set and, uh, got this big prosthetic over my face wearing blankets. So the public can't see it and all this shit. Um, I decided I'm going to do my own, uh, horror movie, uh, franchise. Cause if Halloween could be this successful, then I could do it as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ended up, uh, teaming up with Kevin Wayne who I was doing some uh, smaller things with in Alabama at the time and we decided to do Hellbilly Hollow which uh, should come out in 2024 that I star in alongside Kevin Wayne so that was the next phase and then while I was down there doing all that I met a gentleman by the name of Ben Trexel through Kevin who had three songs that he had uh, done with another one of our friends And I I said, yeah, the songs are great, but you sound, it's like a wedding band. I go, I used to sing and I'm different. So let me see what, let me get, see if I like it or want to get back into it and put my voice the way I used to sing on there. And uh, then we kept writing more songs and Ben and I put together a demo um, album or or songs. We took it to uh, David Bendeth up in uh, the Northeast, up in uh, New Jersey. And he did some stuff with that. And then I eventually in 20 or 2019, I'd come out for the Halloween premiere in 18, walk the red carpet in 18. This is literally a year and a month after I didn't even know I was going to be doing this in my life. And then um, 19, I started transitioning to where I got a little studio out in, in L.A. in Woodland Hills. Just to see if I could break because, of course, everybody's going, Kurt, you're just like they did with the oil business. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're this this old. You can't get back into rock music now. There's no way you're ever going to, you know, when people tell me I can't do something, it's like I just want to shove it up their ass <laughs> yes. and prove to them that you can't, you, you, any of us mm. can do anything we want to do in our life if you put your mind to it and you work hard. Doesn't matter how much talent you have, if you work hard, You can make shit happen. And, you know, my voice is different, and I I just stay true to who I am. So I came out here, and right as the COVID was hitting, um, uh, people I was with at the time, they were calling around to have my demos remixed out here. And Chris Lord Algie was one of the shots in the dark that we made, Mm -hmm. and he agreed to check out my music. And liked it and was uh, kind of took me under his wing. And uh, we started becoming really good friends and going out to dinners. And uh, he had a sincere interest in my career. And there was a song, uh, Have a Cigar, that Ben and I, Ben wanted to do a cover of, Pink Floyd, Have a Cigar. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really feeling the vibe of it. and it, That's not the song I would pick to cover. But Chris said, let me show you what we can do with your voice with this song. And we did that the summer of the COVID year, 2020. And I heard the guitar on it. The guitarist found out it was Phil X. Mm -hmm. Uh, About a month later, Phil X and I, we uh, get together and shoot the music video for it. And that was the first song we put out um, once I became and started going out under Kurt Dimer. So that's kind of how it all started. And uh, from there, I did a small run with some musicians during COVID to kind of show a preview of my movie. And then in 2021, we, my management, I picked up a management at the time and uh, they connected me with the Tates, uh, Jeff and Susan Tate and Jeff, God bless them. What a great friend they are, uh, a mentor to me. Um, You know, he agreed to uh, be on a song with me and uh, he agreed to let me go out on my first tour with his band and that's how it all started in 2021. And I've been wow. touring less than what, what's, well, it's about two years now and uh here we are today. So, yeah, sorry. That was too long, but that's kind of how No,
1: no, that's great. It's a great, you know, uh big synopsis of, yeah. I mean, how you got to where you were, like you said, cause it is so unconventional now speaking, you know, um, as I was talking about before, I, you know, you obviously you, you're getting ready to do some dates uh, with Tesla on the keeping it real tour uh, mm-hmm. next yep. year. Um, and obviously you got a bunch of dates that you're doing on your own, I believe as well. Um, the be kind tour, I believe is what you're, you're calling it. Correct.
2: Yeah. yeah it's the yeah. be kind tour. I sell my, I sell my cross t-shirts at the uh, shows that uh, I designed with Henry Duarte out here in LA who does stuff for ghost and everybody. And, My whole message is uh, I I write my songs to get shit out of my brain that I've learned and been through my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I I want uh, people to, whether they hear what you're saying or naive or back of the school, everything I write has a message relevant that if one person it touches and they can, I always make sure you can hear my lyrics clearly, even when I perform live, everything you know, I touch a lot of lives that way and that's why I do what I do. I told my grandmother before she passed during COVID because nobody could visit her. She was hundred and six years old. Wow. And I'll never forget the wow. week before I was out on tour doing this little small run during COVID. And the last time I talked to her, I said, Grandma, I'm like my grandpa was a motivational speaker. And I just said, look, I'm doing what grandpa did. I just do it in rock music and if I can touch lives, teach people how to be kind in this crazy world, motivate them to want to get up and fight for what they want to do in their life, yeah, and make a difference in the world, then I'm doing my job. So yeah, it's uh, very important to me. Sure,
3: that's a great message, Kurt. And I mean, I get full disclosure from me. I'm a new fan to you, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass just because you hear and I said this to um to matt earlier that you know doing research for this and driving around today and i text matt at three o'clock today said god damn this music is good so you got me kind of hooked but for somebody what's what tends to happen yeah you got it man but what tends to happen is somebody will watch this they like the story they like what we're saying you're going to mention phil x and they're going to go say again but you know and i want to talk about that too but when somebody goes to your show so i'm going to jump around a little bit but when someone goes to your show and they're Checking out Tesla primarily, and they see Kurt Dimer, What what are they going to see? What are they going to see when you come out on stage? You go, "Hey, I'm Kurt Daimer," and then boom, the band takes it away.
2: Well, what they see, I mean, if they meet Kurt Daimer, and I'm always happy to meet everybody anywhere, anytime, before or after a show. I'm I'm an accessible artist. Um, what they're going to see is a chill, mellow, laid back dude, but that will is very competitive and will and defy the odds of what the norm yeah. thinks is the norm in the world, if you will. And then when I the, I hear the intro and we go out on stage, whether it's a little one or a big one or whatever, you're just going to see Kurt Dimer lose his shit for like 30 <laughs> to 45 minutes and prevent present one of the best energetic rock shows you've seen. I'm going to interact with the crowd. I'm going to Try to bring people together in unity um, instead of all this divisiveness going on in the world and you're just going to be blown yeah. away and you're going to hear a sound kind of like when Van Halen came out, they had their own sound or when ACDC came out, they had their own sound. Well, I have my own sound. I don't need to be cookie cutter. I don't need to be like everybody else, you either like the way I sing and present my music or you don't. And that's fine. I mean, we all have a right to like or not like something. And we yeah. don't have to, we don't have to belittle each other. I mean, we all like different toppings on our pizza. It doesn't mean because you don't like pepperoni, I got to hate you. I mean, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and those two bands yeah. influenced me majorly, and I'm just going to stick true to who I am. And eventually with folks like you having me on and letting me tell my story and turning people onto our music, it's, it, it just takes one day at a time, it takes a village and it keep growing and then before you know now we're headlining in less than two years because wow. we're uh, we're we're starting to get in people's ears and the more we do that all over the world my goal eventually is to play huge arenas and festivals all over the world the rest of my life so
3: okay.
0: Easy to believe Stealing, never healing 100% lost But at what cost? Undetected, Disrespected Misdirected And it tastes like shit Money hungry Motherfuckers wanna be your friend Money hungry Fools to the very end Money hungry Bloodsuckers always hanging around Listen to me. Think before you buy that shit, and then toast it with a drink. Scummy and deceitful, don't enable another sequel. Don't deny, stop the lie, make up shit, be gone fly. Swatter, why'd I even bother? It was never real, just like you, just pretend. I
3: know, too, you you spoke about um, Phil X, too, with that, like a lot of people know him and don't know him. And a lot of rock and metal fans don't know him because he's in Bon Jovi. So there's kind of Bon Jovi and then there's whatever, because they just became this band over the years like that, you know, the the bomb band, whatever it is. But I saw I I had the pleasure of seeing Bon Jovi a couple of times over the last couple of years of Phil X on stage. And that guy just I remember texting my buddies as someone in New Jersey. I lived in Jersey for six years going back. And I remember saying, and I didn't know who he was at the time because the Richie Sambora thing had happened and whatever. And I was looking at him on stage going, who the fuck is this dude? Because right. he was just playing his shit, his hair was down, and he was like rocking out. Whatever. It's almost like he wanted to go full shred, but he couldn't because the songs wouldn't allow it, or maybe John Bon Jovi wouldn't allow it. Well, yeah. but, and I and I he saw that, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I saw it when you um, when you did have a cigar by Pink Floyd, because I think that guitar solo. I'm a huge Floyd fan. That guitar solo when that song was so good. I said, "How is this going to be replicated?" And I didn't. I, I listened to the studio version, but I tracked down a YouTube clip that you guys did in Dingbats uh, a couple of years ago in New Jersey, two years yep. ago, I think it was. And, uh, um, yep. Phil X just let rip on that. And I said, if anybody doesn't know who Phil X is, check out that video and see how talented this dude really is.
2: Oh yeah. And that solo, uh, was a one take solo.
3: Unbelievable. Well, wow.
2: Unbelievable. Recorded them.
3: Yep. So yeah.
2: And it, yeah, Phil, Phil, uh, Phil and I wrote a lot of the, of the songs you've heard together. And, um uh, We've got a bunch that we, we, you know, I'm getting ready to put out a, dub, a double um, album, my debut album. I wanted it to be like mm. back in the day where you open it up. It kind of tells the story. And yeah. We're going to put about probably 15, 16 songs out on that, that uh, a bunch that people it. haven't heard. But yeah, Phil and I, uh, we wrote a bunch together. He graciously went out and toured with me the first couple years. years. Um, I felt terrible because he's in Bon Jovi and, you know, he comes off playing the... <laughs> You know, a big arena and he's coming, you know, to play with Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's happy they just recorded a new album. I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh yeah, I I owe so much to Phil for uh being part of my journey yeah. and Great uh some that. of the stuff we created together is just amazing and let's I'm see. forever grateful to him. So
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, uh Kurt, let's get into talking, speaking about music. Let's get to talking about your latest single. Uh, that you've just i also believe put a lyric video out for called doom um a song that was uh what i read was written about heroin addiction um obviously something that's probably more pro you know prevalent in our society i think these days than ever before um it's just become such a an epi- you know, a epidemic you know with, with uh so many people i mean that would think most people probably know of somebody who's has unfortunately succumbed to, to addiction, whether it's heroin or any other addictions in general. But so talk to us a little bit about doom and the track and where the inspiration really came for the, for the song.
2: Yeah. Doom. I, I, I can all remember. I wrote this on my desk. I think I wrote it in the ideas and the concept of doom back in uh, 20 April of 21. And it, it's, when hellbilly hollow we needed a song for the explosive ending of the movie and uh, horror movies are about doom and and you know death and and all that so that was the initial thing and then i'm also you know i was addicted to a lot of stuff not heroin as a youngster and struggled because of my anxiety so i know what the grips of it can be mm-hmm. and i know it's a it's a epidemic across around the world with fentanyl and with Mm. heroin and with any kind of pills you can get addicted to i mean how we just lost matthew perry to ketamine because of his addiction i mean so many different things out there that can kill and we have such a uh what a fragile society if you will now compared to Mm. what the way it used to be and and fragile brains and minds out there so i wanted to talk about the, addic- the the doom that can be caused in one's life due to any kind of addiction and of heroin being a major one and also just have the doom of the horror movie and let it cross paths so mm. again my song can have a message to it even though it fulfills the need of what it needs to do in the movie as well so mm. that's how doom came about and phil and i actually did this one together and Phil did a phenomenal job of taking the original vision of it and helping me turn it into what it is, and that's the doom you see today. So.
1: yeah well and speaking of message man you know let's let's get into your lyrics um you know is definitely want to get into that yeah. um you know i it said you know i was reading one of the press releases i was sent and it said you know really your your mantra is to is to take the high road do the right thing and encourage others that's sort of your mantra that you go by so now i mean yeah. now obviously rock and, and metal you know obviously are genres that have you know you know uh traditionally been known you know more to, to sing and have lyrics that revolve around rebellion you know debauchery right. and dystopia you know so you're coming now with really an uplifting and positive message to sort of counter that sort of conventional way where rock is kind of sort of seen or where, where the way it's been sort of presented over the years i mean you know especially and not too of course in a day and age where you know there's unfortunately very little of, of the the positivity being practice in society as we've kind of just talked about it. It's very, you know, very fragile. Where so for you, I mean, where does really all this do your positive messages and just the way, you know, the way you want to present your message? I mean, where does this all stem from? Have you always been that, you know, guy that's where the glass has always been half full type of guy? Is that something, or is that just something, as you mentioned, just through your struggles earlier on in your life, you've just been able to kind of overcome and become really this is very you know uh positive individual who now is obviously promoting that message uh through your music
2: Uh, you know where it came from it came from my upbringing um my parents my my dad i'm sure you've seen the song i wrote for my dad Mm -hmm. my dad always taught me to uh, take the high road kill him with kindness um Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of people out there in the world that are going to try to dupe you and, uh, and take advantage of you. And he was so right and all that. And I saw all the different things that happened to my dad, you know, as he wasn't the, didn't make the the brightest decisions when he retired and people took advantage of that, whether it be Mm. companies or individuals, but my parents always took the high road. My grandfather was a motivational speaker, positive Speaker, I studied Norman Vincent Peale uh, a lot when I was going through my anxiety and a lot of positive, uh, reading a lot of positive, you know, messages from the people that preach that kind of stuff to try to figure out what was going on in my brain. So that all is added to it. But, you know, then I can write a song. I want to write a positive song like What You're Saying or or try to uplift people with Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But then I write a song called Naive which rocks hard and it talks about everybody yeah. who tried to take advantage of me in mm-hmm. the first couple years of getting into the music business, you know, and not to say it's n- never going to stop, but I want people to be aware that, you know, there's money hungry motherfuckers out there in the world that are going to want to jump on your back or take advantage of you or put you down or whatever. So I try to share all that stuff I've been through with everybody so they don't have to go through the same pain. Mm. So yeah. it can be yeah. p- positive that way too with a slammer song so it Mm -hmm. i don't know it just whatever my i'm feeling at the time i i write lyrics usually late at night and i get into my brain and if it comes out it comes out if it doesn't it doesn't i don't force it everything i've written or any idea i've had is uh unforced and it's it's not like okay today at two o'clock i'm gonna write a song i might write a song when we hang up if something comes into my mind i don't know i Mm -hmm. just let it happen so tell me about
3: that you mentioned um jeff tate how did that collaborate first of all it's a great track but how did that collaboration come about you mentioned that you you got to know the tates a little bit but in terms of actually you know a musical adventure and then Tate, and I remember an interview going back a couple of months ago, I think he did with Chris and he said it was recorded. Summer was like 120 degrees or something like that. Talking about that a little bit oh. because, you know, that's a that's a rock heavyweight right there. So what we're trying to do here is to promote you and kind of throw in the Brian Wheats and Jeff Tates or whatever so people can take notice of that and go, well, who's this guy?
2: Yeah, Jeff uh, Jeff and, and I met uh, the summer of 21 before we went on tour in the fall. and. It was through my management, Andy Gould and Paul Gargano at the time. Paul had a relationship with the Tates mm. and we needed to get out on tour. I mean, I, you know, it was right. I started doing this as COVID hit. So everything was fucked up. Everybody was backed up yeah. on tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that one fell into, you know, because of the work my management did, then they brought us together and we uh, met in LA and we agreed to do all that. And then uh, we went and shot, uh, burned together uh that before the tour started and was out in the uh, desert palm desert i think or the okay. place out there yeah it was about 115 degrees you could barely breathe and mm-hmm. uh i we were i would shoot part of it go back sit in my car in the air air conditioning go back jeff was a trooper i mean he it didn't seem to really phase him Phil X was out there jamming on a fucking (laughs) airplane. It it was, but it all came together because of that management. Because Jeff has a big heart and he liked what I did. And he he liked my vibe. And he loved the way our voices meshed together. And, uh, you know, he just was very uh, grateful and willing to give me uh, a chance. And that's very rare finding out in this business because pretty much what I'm finding out is that all the musicians are pretty much competitors and nobody mm-hmm. really wants to help each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I would, yeah. I mean, if I become relevant and uh, an artist or someone is trying to get a break once someone with my kind of voice on a song, I would always entertain anything because I'm, I'm here to help other people. And and if it makes sense to do it, and I would I would do it, you know. Well, Carl, I
3: want you to remember um, Matt and Tom when you are headlining Madison Square Garden two years from now. Because, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> Matt and Tom will
2: be backstage with me. So. There you go, drinking
3: beer, I don't care. I got another question. Just, you mentioned uh, the touring. Uh, sorry, sorry, your influences. The touring is another one. But on the influences, looking at the press release and you mentioned ACDC, and I can hear that in your music, that kind of just constant underlying beat is going on it's like malcolm young in the background just keeping it going all the time yeah. i hear boston with the harmonies the big harmonies come in it's almost unexpected a little bit of Leonard skinner that i hear coming in on the kind of the, the kind of the boogie southern rock and then i read you've got bob marley now i need to know about that i'm curious is where that coming in
2: oh i'm a big reggae fan i love reggae music Um, if i go to a concert it's usually reggae mm. um, wow but so, yeah, I'm a big fan of reggae. And uh, I have a few, I have a song that's in Hellbilly Hollow called Acidic Fizz, which is a reggae vibe meets muse. You know, we go into a slamming okay. chorus. And that may Let's come see. out on the new album. I don't know. People can't really wrap their head around that song because it's reggae. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know what? People can wrap their head around Queen putting out, you know, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. It looks like that. So, Mm-hmm. You never yeah. know until hey, you're
3: in reggae song in the house of the holy, so go figure. So yeah, by go.
2: no by no means am I trying to compare my because they're like way beyond the earth. But uh my point is is that you don't know until you try, until you put it out. And either people yeah. like it or they won't like it. And if you don't ever try, you never know. So but yeah i love yeah. reggae you nailed boston i used to jam to them on my little record player i would jump sure. off my bed do "How you're feeling satisfied you know yeah i love boston acdc i was big cheap trick fan back then mm-hmm. i uh, rush nice. all that stuff you know i saw no. iron Man before bruce was in the band you know i mm. just oh wow i saw ozzy roads before about a month before randy passed I had tickets to see Led Zeppelin in Houston right before John Bonham died, and so I didn't, never got to ah. see them. But, yeah, I love it. You nailed you know, Leonard Skinner. I always love Leonard Skinner, so yeah, you're nailing my band it. and my influence. Yeah,
3: man.
2: Yeah, re- reggae is kind of my uh, – I love to perform the rock, and not to say I wouldn't love to perform the reggae, but the reggae is its own niche and genre, mm. and I enjoy seeing that live because of the happy vibes and the sure. – it always tends to be a very positive vibe. So if I can bring that kind of vibe to rock music, why not? And that's probably what why my songs are so positive because of my reggae influence.
1: Very cool. Love very it. cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, Kurt, you know, like you just mentioned before, a uh, name, big name, Chris Lord Algae. Um, obviously, you said you've, you've yeah. toured with so many rock musicians as well as, like you said, and, and I, you know, I, I do believe Brian Weed is currently your manager. Is he? Is he your manager from Tesla? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yes, Brian okay. Weed,
2: the base player at Tesla, is my manager, and uh, Dean Robson, who also mm-hmm. manages Tesla as on their road manager. So those are my my managers, and we were doing a show with Tesla in Texas in September of twenty two. I think it was Midland, and I'm just sitting out there in my chair having a smoke, and I hadn't even met Brian at the first few shows, and he walked by, and he said, I really dig your shit, and we've hit it off ever since, and eventually he became my manager, he's no nonsense, mm-hmm. he built Tesla from his garage as a teenager with Frank and Jeff, and you know, you know I admire that, because I'm an entrepreneur, and he did it despite all the odds and what Mm -hmm. better guy to have in your corner than a guy who's just like you, who's defying all the odds as well. So it was just, it made sense. And him and I are very good friends now. And just as much as we, you know, he manages me. We're, we're even better friends and, uh, got each other's back, man. And it's been a a great match. We've only been together a year and look at all the things that have
3: happened. Uh Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Chris Lord algae, uh, we've been working on all this music it's kind of like i learned the music business by going to mix la you know it's like i've been in high school the last three years and who to, ha- you know he's plugged in the mixes for legends um we just had dinner last night you know him and i so we're friends as well just as just as much as we are uh, that we work together Um, He does a great job uh, with my stuff and that what you're going to see in this album, this double album that's going to debut in 2024 is what the work that Chris and I and Phil and everybody else has put into our our music over the last few years. And it's finally going to come out to the public in in that form. So.
1: Very cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so I just wanted to get one more uh, question I have for you, uh, Kurt. Um, it's going back to the lyrics again, um, like we've been talking about. Very uplifting, you know. I, I know you. You, uh, I believe I read you mentioned some that you know you you want to help people. A lot of the you know, reason why you do the music or what what your message is or whatever it is, it's really to help people sort of decompress and feel better after, you know, a tough day. I know, like you said, that's what music did for you, and that's obviously what it does. Yeah, yeah. For, for a lot of us. Um, and there's a couple of songs on really on that on the EP you put out um, a couple of years ago. That I you know on uh, work hard rock hard EP, um, that I really I really enjoyed. Uh, Only time will tell. Obviously, I think is is one of your top tracks, yeah. and also the track which I I really uh, interested in is back uh, back of the school. You know, um, you know that track. Obviously, it gets into sort of the, the social media madness, right? I mean, so I mean, I want yeah. to I, I want to ask someone like yourself who's really such a positive guy. You know, I mean, h- how how do you find a way to be positive? when it comes to that, because that's definitely the area I could definitely use mm-hmm. some help you know, with in myself is be with social media. Cause like I said, we all know how negative just in general that is how, I mean, yeah. do you even engage in social media? Is it, well, how do you stay really, you know, don't let all the, especially as a new artist and you're playing the opening for Tesla and all these great musicians. I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people throwing their junk and stuff out there. I mean, how do you just keep it positive and kind of struggle that stuff off?
2: Well, it- Anybody who, you know, if you don't like, it goes back to what I said. If you don't like my music, then just move on. You don't have to say something negative. And I think too many people are becoming wounded in the world from social media because everybody can hide behind their computer. You, nobody's talking to each other's face. I mean, I don't care what you say. You're not, you're a coward if you say mean things to somebody over social media because you can hide behind your computer and I wanted to convey that message to people, just that that's just, it's cowardice. You know, back in the day, you know, people were upset at each other. We went to the back of the school and we fought it out. And there was usually a big yeah. group and it was right in your face. And that, that's yep. the way, mm. you know, not that I'm condoning that either, but it, it's just like the sneakiness sure. that pe- we've, em- we've empowered mean, malicious people through social media to be mean to the rest of the world and it's you can see where the world's come since social media's come out it's a pretty mean world we live in right now it's nothing like it used to be and it's a direct you know it it has a direct that has a direct impact on it so Mm -hmm. even though the song may not come across as positive it is positive in a way where i'm trying to help people realize that this is just what we live in um i want people to leave each other alone. I mean, if I could help everybody who's getting bullied on social media, I would. But mm. uh, hopefully by doing this song, it's helping them in a way to maybe look at it differently so it doesn't impact them so dreadfully in their mind. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Hey, Kurt, I got a question
3: just um, like I can see that the Tesla, you know, the drowning pool, the Skid Row, the Buck Cherry. I got to ask about yeah. Yngwie, how the fuck did that happen? And what was the reaction? I've seen ingvay so I know I'm a I'm a I do not play in note, but I love I love musicians, I love guitar players, I love Dream Theater Rush, I love watching yeah. what's happening. So yeah. I've been to um English shows, um, but how did their the Shredders, because they're all probably guitar players and wanna be guitar players, react to you coming out on stage? What was that like?
2: It was uh very cool, actually. We were a little skeptical about how would we, we would um uh, what do, you, what do you say? How we would be perceived by sure. his audience. But we had people come up to us after every uh, set and on every show with thing Bear, and they're like, it was so nice to have a band that we've never heard that your style of rock before come out, put wow. on a rock show with you know lyrics and add a little diversity to the evening so instead of it just an all shredder evening. It yeah. was, you know, I, who was with it? There was another band that played before. I can't remember all the bands, but uh, you know it was a more a variety than a, just an all shredder night. So we sure. kind of set up Ring Bay to come out ah, and, do his right. play, and, it, and it played off really well. But I, you're right. I mean, we Phil and I were very uh, worried about like, was it just going to be a bunch of technical guitar dudes? You know, older dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get, get to, to meet be- him? Did you get to meet Ringvei? yeah well yeah i not much on the tour but at the end the last night down in florida we got pictures together he thanked me i thanked him for giving us a chance to share our music with the world and uh we uh he told me i know all your songs now so if you ever need a fill-in guitar player just give me a call
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love
3: it but i gotta i gotta just i know we're wrapping up in a minute but you know when you when you look at your life story you spoke about obviously your youth and um, you know your dad passing and your positive messaging and the oil business and real estate, you mentioned that. I'm, I'm a realtor, so I can get that angle and obviously music right now. Did anybody ever approach you and say, dude, you got a book in there. You got a story.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm, I've, I've had people do that and, and I will probably end up writing the book someday, mm-hmm. but I think I'm still in the middle of the book right now. Well, uh, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just a matter of when and where and how and but yeah i would love to find a good writer that i can just sit down and just he can pick my brain and hopefully my book you know once i'll do it while i'm on the journey but it will help touch other people and motivate them to uh not want to give up on their dreams and not listen to all the naysayers and sure. just realize you can do what you want to do it's up to you it's up to your brain it's up to your heart it's up to your soul nobody has that in them so really, what they tell you, you can and can't do, is means nothing, because it's all up to you. So yeah, Kurt, someday
3: on that on that note right there, um, do you do you take notes on the road about what's happening? So if you ever want to go back in ten years from now, you can kind of re- reference it.
2: Oh, it's all in my brain, dude. I mean, my okay. brain is so I have a, a photographic memory, and I remember I remember shit back till I was awesome. two years old crazy wow. so I'm looking forward to that book i, I think, want that book <laughs> i think i think the, the story will be better told like even when i act a lot of stuff that my my movie i just shot in march with lynn shea and bill mosley which you guys don't even know about i'm sure um, called scared to death is probably getting ready to hit theaters next year and it's really going to launch um help me with my hillbilly hollow uh movie once it comes out because lynn shea stars in insidious and bills and the devil's rejects all the rob zombie movies and texas chains mm-hmm. all that shit and uh we've all become very good friends and we've shot this film which we're very very proud of that i hope all of you can see soon and i even wrote the title song for it scared to death and you know that's all part of the journey man i don't, I don't remember i don't forget anything and and if People told me, don't do that. You can't do that movie. You can't, yeah. nobody, mm-hmm. Lynn Shea's not going to yeah. want you in a movie. And mm-hmm. Lynn, you wait till you see my character. And Bill Mosley said, I'm one of the, his favorite straight guys he's ever worked with in a movie. And I do everything. <laughs> I ad lib, Bill ad libs. And in uh, Helpfully Hollow, half that movie, I ad libbed everything. So my whole point to this was for the book. I don't need to take notes because I would rather sit down and somebody start asking me the questions and then mm-hmm. let it free flow mm-hmm. out of my yeah, brain. Yeah, there exactly. you go. Exactly. Because that's who yeah. I am. I'm not a structured guy. I hate math. Yeah. The only thing I like in math is how to make what this minus this equals this this much profit. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't need to know about all the letters and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my book will be best told. You know, it might maybe I'll even call it you know, something to do with my brain. I don't know. Cause my brain is way different than a lot of people. So, right.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Once again, everybody, make sure you go check out Kurt Dimer. He'll be appearing alongside Tess on a keeping it real tour as well as his own be kind tour as well with select dates. Um, go ahead, Kurt, let the, uh, the audience, none the viewers and listeners know where they should, you know, go uh, keep up with you and, ch- and just, you know, uh, find the tour dates, you know, keep up with your music, all that stuff. What's the best place to say Okay. You?
2: Well, it's, it's Kurt, K-U-R-T, Dimer, D-E-I-M-E-R, pronounced Dimer. You can Google my name and all kinds of stuff will come up. But please follow us on Instagram. Help spread the word as we continue to grow that organically. Facebook, our followers as well. Click, um, follow us on Kurt, at Kurt Dimer on Facebook. Join the Kurt Dimer Fam Club on Facebook. It's fam, F-A-M. Go to our youtube channel please subscribe there you can keep up with all of our videos and music you can follow us on spotify stream our music there amazon apple anywhere you stream music we appreciate the follows there you can go to kurtdimer.com to keep up with tour dates and all that kind of stuff buy merch uh as we continue to evolve our website um the album will probably have a pre-sale starting on our our double uh, debut album on the website look at uh, bands in town just anywhere google kurt dimer you'll see all kinds of stuff about my movies imdb and uh i can't grow this and play for you and headline and do crazy shit and bring my acting on stage with my rock music until we get bigger and it takes all of you to help us do that so thank you from my heart ahead of time and uh, just please help spread the word at Kurt I Diner it, everywhere, on any mm-hmm. social media, TikTok, anywhere, Twitter, whatever. We're out there. Or not Twitter, X now. But. X. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I see people actually follow us and help spread the word because that's what everybody, all the booking, all the people look at, how many followers. Sure. And, and I want real followers, everything organic. So mm-hmm. right, let's man. all just spread the word. It takes a village, and I'll be out to play a kick-ass show for you soon.
1: Got it, man fantastic. Well, Kurt, we appreciate you coming on Aftershocks and uh yeah, man, we'll be, see you on the road soon, man. Really appreciate it.
2: Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Without folks like you, I uh Matt and, and Tom, I couldn't do what I do and uh people wouldn't hear my music. So, thank you guys very much beautiful. for having me.